In one corner, OPEC. In the other, America. You're in the right place, folks, because this is where the money is. I'm Allison Southwick, and I'm joined today by Tyler Crow. It's Thursday, and that means talking energy. As always, that's why I'm here. That's why you're here, but you've been actually gone for a few weeks. Yeah, I took a little vacation. Well, uh, well needed. A well needed long vacation. Not, not that I'm judging, but why don't you tell, tell the listeners where you went? I went to Tanzania, did a little climbing, did a little sit sitting on the beach. It's pretty damn good. Yeah, you recommend it? Absolutely. Okay. All right, I'll put it on my list of things to do, maybe when my 18-month-old gets a little older. Well, maybe. And I'm glad to say that you did not come back with Ebola. So. Luckily not. Luckily not. I don't think you are at risk, but maybe. Maybe. maybe? Well, I you? don't think so. All right, well, maybe, maybe just sit a little farther away from me. All right, let's get into it. All right. Before I really start getting on you for having Ebola. All right, so the price of oil has dropped a bit. In fact, it closed uh, on Wednesday at $82 a barrel down from highs of around, what, well, well over 100. It was about 100. 110, you know, a few months ago. So we're looking at about $30 down for over the last several months. Right, so it's a pretty quick little drop, um, not even a little drop. And as a result, OPEC is saying that, oh boy, this is really bad, especially for U.S. companies. I don't know, the bottom's probably going to fall out on the market there. Everyone look out. In the meantime, U.S. Um, oil producers are saying, no, we're fine. Like, we could handle another, what, 20% drop, or another at least $20 drop in the cost of oil per barrel, and we'll be fine. We'll be fine. So each party has a vested interest. America says we're fine. OPEC says we're not. Who's more right? I think they're both kind of right and both kind of wrong. I mean, to, to be a little bit more specific, when we say OPEC is saying this, it's actually just kind of one component that's saying this, and that's Saudi Arabia. They're saying it's fine, and that's why uh, in their most recent meeting, they said they're not even going to change any production targets because they believe that at this price, they're going to be fine. However, if you look just a few weeks ago, you saw actually Venezuela asked for an emergency meeting at OPEC to reduce total production because they thought that at current oil prices, they didn't think they were getting a pretty good deal out of what's going on right now. So you have some kind of competing, uh, I guess you could say competing interests within OPEC itself saying one thing's good, one thing's bad. And then on the flip side, you've got the United States who are saying, we're fine. 80 bucks, we'll do fine. You know, at $100, we were going gangbusters and, you know, we were figuring out the shale boom and stuff like that. And to a certain degree, that's true. You know, as the oil boom has matured here in the United States, we've gotten better at doing drilling. We're a little bit more efficient, so all the drilling costs are going down and therefore that price, that return price, is starting to drop a little bit lower. And if you look at the, basically the three largest oil producing regions for shale in the United States, or tight oil, basically what they're talking about in this article, what are uh, the Bakken region in North Dakota, and the Eagleford and the Permian Basin, which are both in Texas. And if you look at the break-even costs for these areas right now, they're still below $75, and in some places as low as $40 per barrel. So in that sense, yes, America is going to be fine. We're going to be able to produce at, in these regions for quite a while and not have any issues. It doesn't necessarily mean that everybody is going to be fine. You've got a lot of those new fringe kind of places that are bringing on production, which is much more expensive. You, uh, the example is the Tuscaloosa Marine Shale in Louisiana. I think a break-even price right now is above $90, so they're looking a little bit troublesome right now. And you've also got these kind of small marginal players in the United States right now who took on a lot of debt and went into these new areas trying to figure things out and maybe a little later to the game. 
and they're looking at it and going, you know, this is going to be kind of tough. And I'm not going to say that it's going to drastically affect American production because, like I said, marginal players, 5, 10, 15,000 barrels per day, not a whole lot. It's not going to affect us that much, but, you know, as a company, those ones are certainly kind of on target to be in a little bit of trouble right now. So then how worried should investors be? I would say stop panicking. Uh, if you look at a lot of uh, oil company uh, stock prices in, in the recent time, they have plummeted just as far, if not further, as a result of what's been going on with oil prices right now. And it just it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. I mean, yeah, sure, lower prices means lower uh, earnings, which is going to correlate with a little bit of a drop, but I think it's a little bit oversold right now because if you look at those big players who are in those profitable places, you know, your big company, uh, ConocoPhillips, Occidental Petroleum, and some of the big guys, EOG, Pioneer, Pioneer Natural Resources, they benefit from economics of scale because they've been there for a while. They've learned how to cut their costs and are able to still do this profitably. I believe that uh, the CEO of Occidental Petroleum actually said we can get down to in the $65, $70 per barrel range and still being able to break even. So they've still got, there's still a lot of room for the uh, price of oil to go down before we even really see a big problem. So I, as an investor, I wouldn't panic. However, if I'm looking to make a purchase, I'm going to be a little bit more, I guess you could say, discerning. I'm really going to be looking for those bigger players who have those efficiency of scales. And those smaller guys, I'm going to be really apprehensive about them right about now. So where do you see the biggest investing opportunities right now? I know you're saying, look at the big guys versus the little guys, but maybe give me sure. a name or two that you really <laughs> like. Actually, I think the biggest opportunity right now is not in the shale players themselves, but actually in the big in big oil the integrated majors, your ExxonMobil, Chevron's, Total's, companies like that right now, you know, they've got the sh strong balance sheets. They're going to be able to weather any storm that's going to happen over the next couple of years. And over this past year, a couple of years or so, they've been working on these big uh, Im capital improvement projects uh, or trying to better allocate capital towards more profitable projects. And if not, uh, and not necessarily growing production for the sake of growing production. And we're starting to see a big boost in uh, free cash flow from these companies, which is, is extremely important for these guys because it's such a capitally intense business. Uh, just to give an example uh, from this, this most recent earnings release, uh, BP saw its earnings decline 18% year over year, which doesn't sound that great, but their operational cash flow or free cash flow is m almost double what it was this time last year. So, you know, the ability to churn out that much cash means that they're going to be able to return money to shareholders in terms of dividends, in terms of share buybacks. And then you look at it at the same time, with that dropping oil prices, these guys are looking pretty cheap right now. And I may even be speculating a little bit here, but some of those distressed companies in the United States, they may be looking pretty cheap right now and looking for somebody to help them out. And with, with somebody that's got a ton of cash on the balance sheet, like a big oil company, they could come in, get some of these cheaper things and sit on them for a few years once the uh, price of oil goes back up. So it's when you talk about the price of oil going back up, it's funny because as a consumer and any consumer out there in America, whenever we talk about rising oil prices, people just start flipping out, right? Every night on the news, it's like, oh, the new high and, and at the pump and oh, we're getting squeezed and your Suburban is costing you thousands of dollars to fill up or whatever. So as consumers, when oil goes, when price of oil goes up, we're very upset. As investors, when the price of oil 
goes up, we're very happy. When it goes down, we're very upset. So um, it seems like we're just never happy. Yeah, and you know, it's it's like one of those things. I, I I think I'm guilty just about as everybody else. You know, I was driving into work today, and I saw I think for the first time, you know, uh, the gas station that I go by, it was below three dollars for one of the first times that I've seen in a long time. I was like, hey, that's pretty cool. If I got to go fill up, it's gonna cost me a few dollars less. But you know, it it always seems like this really black and white situation. All of a sudden, oil prices drop, and everybody goes, oh, this is gonna be bad for the economy because oil producers are not going to do well. But it, oil is just one of those funny things where it, it has this effect everywhere that is going to either in one way is going to be good, other way is going to be bad. It's that really kind of that gray matter sort of thing. You know, as oil prices uh, drop, all of a sudden we're starting to look at, you know, everybody has a little bit more spending cash, means they can spend a little bit somewhere else, which means demand from those companies goes up. And then they're starting to use more oil, demand increase, all of a sudden prices increase again. It's that wonderful circle of life that is business. And so I, I'm not too worried about this at all right now. I mean, yeah, maybe we might see some down oil prices for a few months, maybe even a year, who knows? It's guessing oil prices. That's just, you know, the craziest thing anybody can do anyways. But, you know, eventually we're going to see a pickup in demand from cheap oil prices making the economy look better and then with that eventually you're going to get a rise in oil prices again and then all, all of a sudden that stuff that we're all worried about right now is going to disappear yet again and then we're going to be shaking our fists because it's going to go over three dollars at the pump again. So. Right. Everything that's happened before will happen again, huh? I, pretty much. I don't, I, you can look at the history of oil for the past 50, 60, 70 years and it's done that every time and it will probably continue to do that for a very long time. Well, luckily it keeps us in jobs, huh? Yeah, it keeps us busy. We can talk about this just about every week and for some reason it never seems to get old. <laughs> maybe, maybe for some. Maybe for some. Not for me. That's, that's what I do. I hope not. That's what you do. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for today unless you have anything to add. What are you going to be for Halloween this year? Uh, I'm going to be a uptight New Englander who doesn't celebrate Halloween. I would think that people in New England would be all on top of with like out. the witches it's and the history out. of just like burning. You always have your like your snowsuit underneath your Halloween costume when you go trick or treating because it's so cold out most of the time. I can remember growing up, we had to go out in the snow. Yeah, yeah. All right, fine. Well, you're in DC now, and it's that's true. And people here take it very seriously. Maybe a little too seriously. You know what? You're probably right. <laughs> well, for Tyler Crow, I'm Allison Southwick. Thanks for watching.